What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Fantasy Dating Radio. I'm Suzanne Castamento, the creator of FantasyDatingGame.com and the author of Dare to Date. And I am here with my very awesome co-host, Ryan Truex. What's up, world? <laughs> What's up, Ryan? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot this week. No? Nah, no. How was your week? Good? It was a little crazy. I moved. You did move. Yes. I heard about that. Yes. So that, that's a lot of uh, movement. You left a you left a space and you went to a new space. I did. Your old space had some issues. Yes. Your new space has bees. Yes, bees, bees. Uh, well, um, maybe they're attracted to my honey. But the bees, <laughs> the bee problem is being quickly resolved. I I believe so. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good. Well, hopefully that won't be a problem for very long. Yes, exactly. See how many weird ways we can say B. Yes. Uh, how's how's uh the fantasy dating going for you this week? Did you score any fantasy dating points? Did you bumble or uh, swipe left or any of that stuff? Uh, fantastic. It's funny about the bumble and that that relation there. Uh, no, I was not on bumble this week. In fact, I scored zero points and I launched a new league on Monday, and zero points since because I have been basically just trying to do all the work and everything I didn't get to do last week. You started a new league and then promptly failed to score any points. Yep. Well done. Losing at my own game. Yeah. <laughs> That is failing at the thing you created. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well played. Just wait till tomorrow, right? <laughs> so Suzanne has not been doing well in the fantasy dating world, or just in the real dating world. Actually. Very true. All right, well. Not right uh, now. Zero points for you. Well, it looks like health is on the way. On that note, yeah. yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so we do have a fantastic, uh, fantastic guest today. Uh, on the line with us today is Joseph Patrick Faust who is a practitioner of NLP. You're probably wondering what that stands for. It's neuro-linguistic programming, uh, which is the art and science of human excellence. It kind of studies the relationship between a person's mind, their language, their behavior, uh, and tries to help people communicate to their highest potential. Uh, So Joseph is the creator of the Single to Soulmate program, uh, the Productivity Toolkit, uh, and the Money Management Method, which sort of explores the easiest way to manage personal money matters. Uh, He also leads a bunch of live events around uh, the area, including relational communication magic and do what you love, the ultimate love and lifestyle alignment process. 
So Joseph is a master NLP coach with decades of full-time coaching experience, and you can find all of his uh, quality of life tools and other awesome things at www.josephfaust.com. So here's Joseph. Uh, what's happening, Joseph? How are you? I'm here with you, and I have an idea about Suzanne's experience this week. I don't know if she's aware of it yet or not, but my guess is that she's been working on her foundation for an extraordinary love life by taking care of her physical space. That's exactly it, and I love the way you put it. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can talk, right, for the next hour. (laughs) Yes, yes. Please, help me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so Suzanne attended one of your events recently. That that was the best thing I did last week, <laughs> besides moving. <laughs> yes, so I went to uh, to relational communication magic, and it was it was magical. It was really really awesome. So um, there were a group of us, and and we really learned why we learned how to uh, we learned how to communicate. That sounds so simple. Um, but but it was this incredibly warm, open atmosphere where we could just um, really express ourselves freely. It was like a total no-judgment zone, um, and there were several breakthroughs, and I was, I was just blown away. I would, I would, highly, recommend, um, I would highly recommend the event. Uh, you have another one coming up, right? Is, is it next this week? Saturday this afternoon, Saturday. 11 o'clock. That's- 11 to 2. Awesome. So if people wanted to go, how would they go about uh how would they go about attending? They would send me an email. Joseph okay. at josephfaust.com. Fantastic. And so, yeah, so the relational communication events, um the the stuff that you're focused on is like we talked about sort of the relationship between mind, language, communication, uh being more attractive and successful to the opposite sex, um, being in situations where any type of connection matters. So can you talk a little bit just sort of about uh, relational communication in general and kind of how you came about becoming a practitioner of uh, NLP? Love to. Thank you. And really appreciated the introduction, Ryan. Thank you. So relational communication magic, I think the easiest way to introduce it is to mention that there are many different ways that we as human beings communicate and to just introduce three of the largest, most major, most significant ways we communicate as a way to begin. So one way of communication is logical communication. It's about facts, figures, data, accuracy, precision. It's the kind of communication that's essential for safety matters like um, when an airplane should be at what altitude going what direction. Super essential to have logical communication for safety matters. However, that's not the kind of communication that creates the best connection for romantic matters. Second major type of communication, personal emotional communication. It's like the story of what happened when you're on your way to an interview and you got a flat tire and it was raining and then you got out of your car to check on your tire and your suit got splashed with water from the rain. 
and you miss the interview, and you have this whole emotional story that's very personal. That's not also the best kind of communication for relational, romantic connection and delight. The type of communication that's the best for dating or for romance or for connection is relational communication. And relational communication is about what's happening between you and and another person in the present moment. What's happening right now in terms of feelings and thoughts and sensations between you and another person at this very moment. Not what happened last week, not what's going to happen next week, but what are you experiencing as you're looking at them, as you're listening to them, as you're experiencing them? What impact are they having on your experience? What impact are you having on their experience? And so we talk about things like when you said such and such, I felt, or when you did such and such, I noticed an impact on me it had. So we're sharing how we are influence impacting and experiencing one another in the present moment. Love it. Yeah, that's great. I actually think that that's uh, that's something that a lot of people in a lot of relationships deal with relatively frequently. I think being being present in your relationship is always a sort of a constant challenge, uh, and in particular, um, you know, ways in which uh, things that happened, you know, last week or last month or whatever, sort of. Uh, influence the ways that people communicate with one another in the present. I mean, I, you know, I'll certainly cop to being guilty of, you know, being irritated that such and such happened last week and not really saying anything about it last week. And then when my wife does something this week that irritates me, now I'm blowing up not just about that thing that happened this week, but the thing that happened last week. So uh, I guess maybe I'm kind of curious uh, when we're talking about that and in being present in particular, what do you think are some tools that people can utilize uh, to be able to be more present in their, in those relationships and not let those things that sort of uh, have affected them either previously and, you know, the last week or month or whatever, or, uh, you know, going forward and, and, and really focusing on being, being present uh, in their relationships at the present time. Your power is in the present. Your influence is in the present. Sex always happens in the present. <laughs> there's, there's no real connection other than what's going on in the moment with another person. So one of my teachers said, you know, you want to be in love forever? Each time you see your sweetheart, imagine it's the first time you're experiencing her. That allows you to stay curious, open, interested, and delighted by what she's doing, what she's saying, how she's moving, how she's responding. Because there's no comparing it to what you've experienced with her before, and there's no residual resistance from anything that's happened before. The magic in the beginning of a relationship is because there's so little friction about anything that's happened before, Mm. and not much concern about what will happen in the future. So it leaves your full attention available to be in the moment and be delighted and interested and curious and engaged with what's happening with them right now. Wow, that is really like, I mean, that what you just said about the magic uh, of the beginning is that there's no friction from what's happened before and there's little concern for what will happen in the future. That is, wow, that is, that's an aha moment. That's a tweet. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that that's something that people, you know, everybody understands when they start a new relationship or you start dating somebody new, uh, that there is definitely that sort of feeling of the newness and the excitement and all of that that, that sort of surrounds it. But that's a really interesting and unique perspective, a way to look at it. Uh, that is, I think, different than a lot of because pe- people, you know, I mean, I think most people probably just write it off as like, oh yeah, you know, it's just it's it's a new thing, and so it's cool and it's new because it's different and it's exciting, uh, and you sort of fail to realize that all of the reasons behind that, in some ways, are because you're not exploring like all of the other baggage and junk and whatever that that comes with, you know, knowing somebody for a long period of time. You're just interested in getting to know them, and everything is sort of new, and that probably fuels that a lot. That's a really interesting perspective. That's cool. Very cool. So, so one of the you know we we actually um, tossed around some well actually talked about some different topics to discuss tonight and Ryan already touched on it you both already touched on it about the being present and um, I understand what you're saying the power is in the present so so um, there's so lots of ways to get you, present it's so yeah. difficult I'm sorry what did you say there's lots of ways to get present. Yes. Okay. So, can you maybe talk about a few ways to get present because it is really difficult. Well, <laughs> things are difficult when we don't know how to do them, right? Yes. Like, I don't know how to fix my car, right? But <laughs> I, I I know how to get an Uber. Right. Right. But my mechanic yeah. might not know how to get an Uber, but he knows how to fix my car. Mhm. Because he is experienced and trained at how to do what he does, right? So most of us are not great at getting present because we've never had any training on how to do it. Right. Right? So something is difficult to the degree to which it's unfamiliar, highly emotional, and has resistance. So if if we can reduce the, the emotional intensity or reduce the newness, it gets easier. So right. forgetting present, forgetting present. Here's a couple of things which would be useful for anybody because one of the highest leverage skills a person can do to be successful with anything is increase their ability to focus. I mean, mm-hmm. think about any top performance. Like a tennis player, if they lose their focus for a second, they miss the ball, right? Right. So being able to be present. I mean, the best levers are present. I mean, think about it. How could you have an extraordinary lover who's not being present while they're making love with you? It's just not going to be the best it could be. Right. So uh, increasing our capacity to be present is super, super valuable. So here's, here's a couple things. One is to recognize the consequences of not being present. When we're not present, we misidentify what's occurring because – Without enough attention, we assume that we heard something or understand something or that we have the same interpretation that our partner does. And those assumptions are often inaccurate. And Mm -hmm. so when we assume something that's not accurate because we haven't paid sufficient attention, then our response to what we think the situation is is inappropriate for the situation because we're not dealing with the situation that is. We're dealing with the situation that we think that is that isn't. So the first thing right. is to realize the importance of presence and the consequences of misidentifying. So that's the first thing is realize it's super, super important. The second thing is like practice how to do it. So let's do a quick little exercise on increasing our capacity to be present. Okay. Both of you simply 
look at something. Pick an object. Now that you're looking at this object, be curious about it. Notice something about it that you didn't notice at first. Bring more of your attention to this object and notice something in addition to what you've noticed so far that you hadn't yet noticed before. Now let go of any story about what I'm sharing with you or any story about the object and give more attention to the object as if you're seeing it for the very first time and it's the most interesting thing you've ever looked at. It holds the secret to the universe if you just really discover it enough. Okay, now, with your attention on this object, continue to look at it. Now decide to look at something else. And after you've decided to look at something else, then go look at the new object. Now notice something about that that you hadn't noticed before. Notice its size, its shape, its color, its texture. Now keeping your attention on that object, think about the first object. And then decide to look back at the first object. So here's what's happening is, so you can relax. Thank you for doing the exercise. Mm-hmm. So deciding to put your attention on something increases your capacity right away. Giving it meaning and value for putting more attention on increases your attention. And then this, the second skill we started to build is to decide to shift your attention somewhere else and then shift it. Most people are not deciding to put their attention on something and then putting their attention on it. Usually we're getting interrupted, and then our attention goes to the new object or person. And getting used to getting interrupted with texts and chats and emails popping up, etc., that's training us to be interrupted rather than training us to be focused. And wow. so developing the capacity to put your attention where you want for a given period of time and then shifting your attention because you decide to shift it helps build your capacity to have your attention somewhere. Um, a couple other things that can be really useful is increasing your vitality because when you have more physical power, it's easier to have your attention where you want it. Also, deliberately letting go of things you were paying attention to before going into the next interaction. So here's an example that I tell all my male entrepreneur clients who work outside the home. It's also useful for women, but I just happen to currently be working with more men. So I say, before you walk in the door to meet your sweetheart, who's probably been looking forward to seeing you all day, before you walk in the door, deliberately complete your day at work. Hmm. Decide that it's over. If you need to make a note for yourself, fine. If you need to make a communication first, fine. If you need to walk around the block first to let go, fine. But walk through the door with your attention available for her, and you will change your relationship with that one action. Wow. Now, for women who don't have a man who hasn't heard what I just shared, (laughs) what you can do is you can recognize whether or not his attention is available when he walks through the door. And if his his attention is not available when he walks through the door, one of the kindest things you could do is 
simply greet him with the recognition that he may not be present yet. And you could say something like, um, I'm going to be doing such and such, and um, love to see you and interact with you when you'd like to, which gives him space and permission to go take a shower, to read a book, to put up his feet, um, to listen to a song. And then he goes and connects with you when he has a desire and an interest to, and you're going to get an interaction you much prefer. I think that's actually a really interesting point. I mean, I I, I do feel like, uh, especially sort of in the world today of social media and constant text messaging and people being available 24-7 to their jobs, I mean, certainly, you know, my job is that way. I I get text messages and emails and things like that well into the hours that I'm not working, and I have to make a conscious effort to sort of turn it off and be unavailable uh, to that type of type of stuff. But I, I, I think that that's something that's really important um, is that, that's a really great point, making sure that both people are, are available and being present before you try to have an interaction uh, that is meaningful or important. Um, yes. I, I guess yeah. one of my questions, I guess one of my questions to you, uh, Joseph, is uh, do you have any sort of thoughts or suggestions about how to – uh, kind of turn all of that noise off, like turn the outside world off a little bit, um, you know, in order to, or, or even just, I guess, maybe general thoughts about sort of the notion of social media and its kind of ever presence in our lives and its its sort of toll on uh, people in their interpersonal relationships or strengthening <laughs> of them. I mean, however it works either way, in your opinion. Yes, yes. Thank you. So you asked, I felt like there was about six questions in what you shared, yeah, <laughs> and I, I appreciate the abundance. So I'll, I'll work with a few of them. Um, one of them is, you know, what do we do with the outside world's impact on our relationships? You know, whether it's friends or family or social media or the, the, any news, you know, how, how do we deal with the impact on our relationships? And there's a there's a Short-term answer, and there's the bigger picture, long-term answer. And I'm going to start with the bigger picture one, which is that momentum is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. If you take a car in San Francisco at the top of a hill, if the top where the car is sitting is flat and you push the car, it might not even budge at all, right, or barely, and you could stop it with your hand. But if the car starts rolling down the hill, say, five feet, good luck stopping it 10 feet you better get out of the way 20 feet you know don't even try right so momentum is this hugely important force and so you know what's going to happen if somebody says you know what should i do about my relationship if the relationship context is i jumped out of an airplane with no parachute um pray and good luck and it'll be over soon right (laughs) there's not a lot you can do when you've jumped out of an airplane without a parachute other than, you know, enjoy the ride, right? So depending on what the context is of a situation influences what are we going to do with it to have a great result, right? So if you've had a really, really, really difficult time at work or um, related to health things or financial things, like depends on how much momentum there is going into a conversation or into a relationship, on, on what to do. So the big picture answer is, and it's the reason why I do the event called Do What You Love, Love Life and Lifestyle Alignment. The big picture answer is to design your entire life so that it supports your love life. 
how do you do that? Well, you get really clear on what you most love, and you figure out a way to design your life so that what you're doing with your life is what you love. And so now your life is full of what you love, and it's already aligned with love. And so your love life, to be aligned with what you love, is much easier than when you're trying to fit your love life inside a life that's not full of love. Right. And you weren't kidding when you said my move was designed to support my love life. You're right. I wasn't kidding. I wasn't kidding at all. Um, oh. And one of my favorite authors, um, Marie Kondo, she wrote the book, um, the, the Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, right? So it's about sparking joy in your home space. When your home space is full of what you love, you're surrounded by what brings you joy. And so you're continually being fed in this love space. I mean, how did you feel when you were in my space at the event the other day, right? I mean, great. Yeah. Supported. I love it there. Yep. Wow. So the, the, the big picture answer was, is design your life so that it supports your love life. Um, what do you do in the short term related to, for example, social media? Um, this is what, like, if I was to say, what, what's, what's one thing you could give to couples that would make the biggest difference in the shortest period of time on the quality of their relating? Um, here's, here's one, which is if you're calling your sweetheart on the phone or you're first walking up to them, you know, after you, you greet them nonverbally, a hug, a kiss, whatever you choose to do, the very next thing, if it comes out of one of your mouths is, hi, sweetheart, what's your context? And you have to teach each other what that means. To me, what it means when my sweetheart asks me what's my context, it means she's asking for, Joseph, what is your reality right now? Like, what, what am I speaking into? Where have you been? What are you, what are you bringing with you? Are you bringing with you openness and freedom and joy and expansion and excitement and eagerness and desire and sexiness? Or... Are you bringing concern and worry and angst and stress and concern and, and tension? You know, like if the person shares what the context that they already have in the beginning of the interaction, it really helps the other person know what they're dealing with, who they're dealing with, because we're different depending on what we're carrying. And then they don't take the tonality so personal if it's not great, <laughs> because it's really not personal, because they haven't had much interaction yet. It's just relating to what the other person is bringing, and it's so much easier to have empathy and compassion and appropriateness and alignment when both people share their context right at the beginning of the interaction. Hmm. Ryan, so Ryan Ryan and his wife are sitting here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my wife just walked in. Yeah, so So Lauren just walked in. (laughs) So we're going to talk to her about her context real quick and find out where she's at, and then we'll work forward from there. Yes. Right. (laughs) Right? No, this is a good exercise. Yes. Yes. So here's here's the thing I recommend before doing it the very first time is first Mm -hmm. sharing the idea and the, the, the reason for doing it, right? And then leading by example by sharing your context. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So basically what Joseph is saying, she missed the first part of what you were saying. So he's saying that when when you come home, let's say you come home from work. Let's say you're first walking in the door and 
after you greet someone non-verbally, whether you give them a hug or a kiss or whatever that is, then the next question should be, what's your context? Basically saying, so that the other person then has, has, knows what kind of mood or energy you're bringing into the room, right? Um, and, 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 and can then be more empathetic to your situation. So if you had a terrible day at work, I like this. <laughs> this is good for you. This is good. The, the gist of it is, is that you got to find out where somebody's coming from before you can possibly have any sort of reasonable, present interaction between two individuals, right? That I mean, that's kind it, of the... it really clarity. Clarity is so precious for relating well, right? So when both people share, this is what I'm bringing, then both people know what's already present, and so what sh- what's shared in the next moment. It's not, it's not usually personal about, like, well, the person's so happy because they're seeing me or they're so sad because they're seeing me. It's they're so happy because that's what they've been dealing with or they're so sad because that's what they're dealing with, right? And then from mm-hmm. there you can co-create together well. It's, it's sort of like um, if two people were going to have a potluck with two people, uh, it's useful to see what the food is that both people brought before planning, you know, how you're going to make the meal and what else you're going to add to it. Definitely. Yeah, that makes total sense. sense. It just makes it easier, right? Because otherwise, without people sharing their context up front, we're kind of um, walking, it could be walking on eggshells or walking tentatively or or just, you know, we don't really know what we're entering. (laughs) Just makes it easier. You should see these two nodding. There's so much unsaid right now. Um, <laughs> Lauren's, Lauren's doing a lot of nodding and pointing, so that's good. Uh, but meanwhile, we actually have a caller, so why don't we give you two a moment, yeah, let's, take a uh, breath, figure out what you want to say, and then perhaps, Joseph, would you be willing to um, speak with the caller? <laughs> I would love to, and hopefully they want, would like to experience some coaching or something, so let's go for it. Wonderful. All right. Welcome to Fantasy Dating Radio. Hi, what's your name? Christine. Hi, Christine. Thank you for calling. How are you? Great. You're on the air with Joseph Faust. I'm going to let you two take it away. (laughs) Hi, Christine. Hi. I didn't get to hear the first part of this, this show. I was in the middle of doing spa night with my daughter, but oh, um, delightful. Okay. I remembered, yeah, that you were going to be on, so I really wanted to talk. Excellent. What would you like to talk uh, about? You can talk about anything you like. <laughs> well, I need some help on how to set boundaries with my ex, my soon-to-be ex-husband, um, just in the way I know I can't control the way he um, acts or talks to me or any of that, but how can I put up boundaries so that my children don't get those um, traits or not not traits, but um, behavior? So you'd like to know how to set boundaries mm-hmm. so that your children see good um, modeling between the two of you or so that your children yes, yes? okay uh, yes um i guess there's there's a lot of times you know i kind of i'm a very i know myself i'm a people pleaser so i just let a lot of things go so i need help on how to 
set that boundary. Like, for instance, he, you know, doesn't get to see the kids a lot because he lives out of, does most of his work out of state. So he sees them on the weekends, and if he's around during the week, he call he'll call me at the last minute and say, "Oh, can I have the kids tonight?" And it could be five o'clock, and he's coming in ten minutes. So I, you know, and I've asked many, many times, um, "Can you tell me ahead of time or anything like that?" Just you know, as a as a courtesy, and that doesn't ever happen. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, no, you can't have the kids, because that's not fair to the kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I need help with that kind of boundary. Okay. So do you have something you can write with? Sure. Okay. So I'd like you to draw a circle that takes up most of your piece of paper. Okay. And then another circle inside of that that's smaller. Okay. And then another circle inside of that that's smaller. So you have three concentric circles. Okay. So in the center circle, write the word control. Okay. And in the middle circle, the word influence. Okay. And in the outer one, outside outside of my influence. Okay. So this, this model comes from the seven habits of highly effective people. Okay. And... So there's certain things in life you can control, there's certain things you can influence, and there's certain things that are outside of your influence. Mm-hmm. So how people vote in China is outside of your influence. Right. So putting any time and, or attention on it is a waste of it, your time and attention, so just don't, right? Right. So the situation with um, your ex is mm-hmm. something that you can influence, but it's not something mm-hmm. that you can control. Right. And so it's good to know where it is as the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. There are things that you can control. What you can control is what you say. Yes. And what you do. And mm-hmm. what you do in response to what he says and what he does. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. One of the challenges with boundaries is Mm -hmm. that a person is often not clear about consequences, Mm -hmm. right? So if you say that you have a boundary about something and that there's going to be consequences related to it, and then Mm -hmm. you're not able to enforce the consequences or do the consequences, then you're a lot of hot air related to that boundary, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't really work, right? Right. So... um, what is it that you most would like him related to boundaries? Do you want him to um, give you a certain amount of notice before seeing the children? Pick one thing um, to start with. Sure. that Sure, we can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Sure. So if you were to say um, it, your relationship with the children is really important to you and the children and to me, mm-hmm. and I value mm-hmm. that, and I, I value that happening, and I want to be supportive mm-hmm. to that. And one of the other things that's also important to the children is consistency and stability and Mm -hmm. safety. And um, my life in terms of my schedule and being able to do certain things and plan on certain things is essential to their foundation and their well-being as well. Mm -hmm. So to support all of that, what I need related to seeing the children is I need at least 
48 hours before you actually have a visit with them. Mm-hmm. And if you notify me with less than 48 hours, it may or may not happen, or you might just say it won't happen. You get to decide that, right? Mm-hmm. If you say it may or may not happen, then he, he notifies you with not enough notice for your comfort, your well-being, and you simply say not enough notice, and then he doesn't see them because you don't make them available, right? Mm-hmm. right. Or if it's convenient for you, and it works for the children as well, then you can say, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So you mm-hmm. need to decide what works for you and be clear about that. And a lot right. of times what's useful is to change the method of communication for things. So a lot of times what happens for, for many people is they'll communicate verbally, and mm-hmm. verbal listening may not be the strongest sense for the person who's receiving it. For example, they may be right. more... So maybe they, may, they need an email. Right. They may need to see it or read it, right? Mm-hmm. right. So here's okay. a few different modes of communication that are useful for this example. You could email. Okay. You could leave a voicemail. Mm-hmm. You could write a mm-hmm. handwritten letter, which often has tremendous amount of impact because, wow, person took the time to write this out and mail it to me? It must be mm-hmm. important, <laughs> right? Right. If you want to make it even more important, you mail it to them and have them have to sign for it. <laughs> Right, but it's just communicating that this is important, right? It's not making the person wrong. It's how you do it and how you deliver it, right? And so here's a big secret. When you're delivering a communication, if you can make it free of any negations, it works so much better. If you tell someone not to do something, you're giving them do it and not do it in the same message. Right, right. Right? Just mm-hmm. communicate what you want, intend, and need, and let them know why it's important. And the okay. word because is very useful with that. So how do you feel about what I've shared with you on this so far? I think it's excellent. I I do try to um, live that way. I always try to say what I want rather than what I don't want anyway. So mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's very um, positive for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the circle thing. That makes a lot of sense. So I appreciate everything, yes. Great, Christine. <laughs> well, thank you. It was great to you, talk to you. You're very welcome. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Thanks okay. for sharing. All right. Thanks, Bye-bye. Christine. Bye-bye. Well, this is really interesting because as we were sitting here, Lauren also did the exercise uh, with with the circle of of control, the circle of influence, and um, and actually she and Christine sort of have some some similar similar issues. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Do you want to talk? I mean, I can talk. <laughs> She's a little Lauren, shy. What would you What would you like to work with? I'm excited. No, I think that we. I always have an issue with. Um, I have a ex who I have a child with, and. In communicating with him, sometimes it trickles over to my relationship with Ryan, my husband. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Yeah, I try yeah, to. Great. I try not to let it happen, but more <clears throat> times than not, I find myself being angry over something that I've dealt with in my previous relationship, and now I have to like shut it off and be kind to Ryan and be in that headspace. But it it, it proves to be difficult when I'm in an ongoing text battle with my ex, and mm. uh. Then have to be well, positive poly with 
my husband. So, so what are you experiencing that you would like to experience differently? Um, I guess just communicating better with my ex. What would that mean ex- if you were doing it? If if you were communicating better with your ex, what would be different? If you had I it think, the way you want it. I think we would all be happier. Uh-huh. And it would be less exhausting and mm-hmm. repetitive and mm-hmm. tiresome. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think about this? You're doing your current best. He's doing his current best, and you'd like it to be better. And so what that means is you need to see something differently than you're currently seeing it or do something differently than you're currently doing it to have a different result. Does that make sense? Yes. So are you seeing him as someone who's doing his best? No. No. Do you think that would be helpful? Yes. Yes. So here's magic for relationships. Look for the positive intention behind the behavior. Assume the person has a positive intention behind their behavior, whatever their behavior is. And then be curious and ask about it. It's amazing what happens. (laughs) All right. Because he's trying to achieve something, and you're trying to achieve something, and the two of you have forgotten that you're on the same team in the sense of you want to have a result that works for both of you because if the result doesn't work for both of you, it doesn't work for either one of you because you need to continue to interact with each other for the benefit of your child. Right. Right? Yeah. So how how you get on the same team is, first of all, you remember that you're on the same team and you remember something that you have agreement and alignment about, which is the well-being of your child. So you want to work together to support that occurring at the lowest cost for both of you. Different frame. That is a different way. When you look through a different frame, you actually see a different situation. So it's about shifting the perspective a little bit. Yes. That's sort of what it sounds like. Yes. And so so, uh, is a good place to start to ask – uh, Lauren's ex where he wants to end up, what his intentions are, where, you know, uh, to remind him, how do you know, how do you, how, where do you, how do you start? get somebody on the same page as you? Yeah, I yes. guess that's, I mean, yes. we're actually going to a yes. therapy session in like 45 minutes, so. Um. Yes. So how do you get someone on the same page with you? Is you start yes. with appreciation for oh. things about them and relating with them that you appreciate. And that relaxes them because they say, oh, they're dealing with someone who's sane and safe. And the more things that you have alignment with, the easier you have it is because the less friction you have. And so you want to look for where you're already in agreement or where you could be in agreement about and for and then you build on top of that. Wow. That's really good. Yeah, that is really good. That's great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. We pretty much talk about this stuff every day, Joseph, and you pretty, and you pretty much just, you know, narrowed it down in five minutes. Yeah. I'm going to just call you from now on, not Suzanne. <laughs> Maybe you want to come to one of the events. Exactly. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, so what else? What else? Yeah. What else? Well, we have a caller, so maybe we'll maybe we'll go to the caller great. and then come back to Lauren. Perfect. Great. <laughs> okay, Let's talk great. to the caller. Oh, the caller just hung up. The caller got Aww. scared. Oh, Aww. never mind. Oh, it's okay. all you, Lauren. <laughs> great. Awesome. <laughs> Lauren, what is something with any relationship that you'd like to take to the next level and be more successful with? Any relationship? I guess right, with feeling, Ryan? I guess just um, feeling probably safe and supported. Mm, what what supports you feeling safe? With Ryan, I'm feeling a lot of support, especially when it comes to Kane and my, that's my son. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just been kind of like a, I mean, more, I don't want to say that that sounds terrible, but he's been more present in Kane's life, so that is appreciated and I don't always think that I'm like showing Ryan my appreciation for him because I don't really know how to communicate that. And Do you tell him? Do you say, you. Ryan, I really appreciate that you just did this and that you did that no. and the way you did this and here's the impact it has on me when you do this that way? No. I'm terrible at that sort of stuff. Okay. Would you like to be better? Yes. Okay, great. So it's not that you are terrible about those things. It's that you hadn't been practicing them. Okay? Okay. Does that feel better to you? That does feel better to me. Yeah. Right? I'm going to come see you, Joseph. (laughs) Well, I would enjoy that. Okay. So think of one thing that he has done that felt good in your body when he did it, not sexual. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So tell him, say, uh, when you I, did such and such, I felt. Do it right now? Yeah. Okay. When you walked Kane to school today in the rain, I felt happy and that you really love him and me. Mm. And how that makes a difference in your life is? It made me happier all day. It made me smile. And I had... Um, a sense that all is well in the world at that moment. Yeah, I had a sense of relief. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. True. So it's you. You share something that the cross. person did okay. that appreciate that you sorry. appreciate. <laughs> I'm you sorry. Share what something, did you, you share something that the person did that you appreciate, and then you yeah. let them know how that impacts your well-being. Or your world. There's a difference between saying thanks for the flowers and thank you for the flowers. My world's more beautiful now, and um, I have the sense of, of comfort and well-being in my body as a result. Like that's a really different communication. Yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I ever do stuff like that. Well, you haven't, but you can. No, I haven't. Whenever. You talk about something that isn't what you want, use past tense because you're talking about something that you used to do or that you've done that creates space for the present and the future to be more like you prefer. So I did or I have done instead of I do. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it just it sort of sounds like, you know, the, the, the stuff that I'm hearing from you, whether it's you know, uh, with Lauren's ex or, you know, with me or whatever, 
all of that stuff, it really comes down to sort of a shifting of the perspective and starting from a place that's different than maybe people are normally used to starting. And I really thought, kind of going back to something that you said before, you know, I, I really thought that uh, the strength behind I want versus the strength behind I don't want uh, is a really sort of powerful and important tool, like constantly sort of living in a negative world of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, as opposed to I'd like this, I'd like this, I'd like this. I mean, that's a really different communication that I think really affects people probably in a positive way. How we speak shapes how we think and the reality that we live inside. I'm going to say that again. How we speak impacts the reality that we live inside. We actually create our world through our language. So when someone says they can't do something, they're actually saying that it's impossible at any time under any circumstance to do it if they say they can't. But if somebody says that and then you simply say, yet, (laughs) you've just created freedom for them. Because they said they can't, and you say yet, well, that means that it's just a matter of, of, of when, not if. So is that how you would shift someone else's perspective? I mean, in dealing with my ex, and when he says that he can't do things, if I okay. say yet, does that help him shift? And well, um, do you so think differently? Couple, well, here's a good question. So when you have enough rapport, everything's easier. When you have enough trust, everything's easier, right? So if I'm working with you in a coaching session, you've asked me to assist you to create what you want, right? So Mm -hmm. I could playfully say yet when you say a limitation, like can't, right? And it's easy because there's already a context for you want that transformation to occur, right? If you say that to your ex, when there's low rapport, it may not work. What might work better in that situation is you could be curious and you could say, are you having the experience that you can't or that you're not willing to or that you don't want to? That's a good one. So trying to figure out out sort of where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, in a respectful way that opens up possibilities. Right. Oh, it come, and it comes back to sort of establishing a baseline of like where are you approaching the, the communication from in the first place? Like, yes, what's your, yes. What's your spot to begin with, which is yes. how we opened up the entire thing. Oh, I didn't yes. know that part. So oh, that. when there's enough trust in the relationship, all of the communication is easier. When the trust is lower, all of the communication is harder. Oh, so that makes the so most, much more. So one of the most important things you can do in your relationship is increase the trust. And one of the best ways to do that is be way more aware of what you say that you're going to do or not do. And to recognize, as Ryan mentioned, the power between saying what you want versus what you don't want. And one of the reasons that's so important is we actually live in a universe of inclusion, not exclusion. So if I said Apple, you can all get a picture of that. But if I said not Apple, you actually can't get a picture of that. What you do is you still get a picture of Apple and then go, well, not Apple's everything except that, but you're still thinking about Apple, right? Right. Yeah, so, true story. That's funny. Right? So you know, don't think of a pink elephant, right? So there it is. 
So because we live in a a universe of attraction or inclusion and not exclusion, one of the easiest ways to make your life and your relationships and your dating and your love life and your enjoyment and your success go way, 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 way up is to stop putting attention on the things you don't want to experience and put your attention on what you want to experience more of and Mm -hmm. start with what works. So you look at your sweetheart and Ryan um, and your wife, you might want to look at each other right now as I'm saying this because it will be fun and good for you. So you just look at each other and just think about what you appreciate, what you enjoy, what you like, what you're attracted to about this person, what you like doing with them, what you want to co-create together, what might be fun to create together in the future. And if you just build these yes sets of appreciation and joy and desire and pleasure and fun. And then if you have something that's a challenge, then you only deal with it to the level of detail where you're still enjoying and having fun. When you're not enjoying and having fun, you've gone to too much detail for the level of clarity and um, joy that you have in that moment. The more clarity and joy you have, the easier it is to go into details on a challenging topic. But if you go into too much detail for too long, then you need to let it go and relax and go to something else that brings you joy. Oh, my God. that's so. We just did that yesterday. That's so funny. Remember, we were talking about our situation, and then I was like, okay, I'm done. With, I've had enough. I can't talk about it anymore. Yeah, because, because it was going into so much too much bad. friction for too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems to be like the, our ongoing problem is that when – when the X arises and the issues with the X, we we kind of stumble a bit, and it gets negative fast. So we got to shift the perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So what if you make the X a resource rather than a liability? Right. So Whoa. a resource is yeah. right. I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about the X as well, you get freedom to be with each other when the ex is, is, is being with your child. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right? Right. No, perfect. That's a resource right there. Yeah. We have to start doing that more. Well, if you That's don't, true. it just makes it harder. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Totally. Uh, so it looks like we have another, yeah. uh, we've got another caller on the line. So let's uh, if you are, pop do, over there. Are you comfortable yes. with taking one more call? I love coaching. I love okay. coaching. <laughs> okay, then. Bring it on. Hello, caller. Welcome to Fantasy Dating Radio. What's your name? Hi there. Hey, it's... Oh, Hello? Hi. hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. Hey, sorry, I'm just tuning in. Sorry I'm late. It's Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Welcome. How are you? So yeah, I'm I, sorry. Like I said, I'm coming in late. Well, you're here right now, and that's that's delightful. Valerie, is there something related to your love life that you would like to transform or enhance? Well, it's interesting because I just caught the end of it, and I'm a single mother of two teenage boys, and I am involved in a relationship. And I loved what you just said of turn your ex into a resource instead of a liability. Yes. Because the ex has been. The ex has been a liability for 10 years um, to the point where it has destroyed relationships. So now um, when I am trying to enjoy uh, someone else's company, he he still finds ways to throw wrenches in it. 
So what's the best way to handle that so I can enjoy my time with my, uh, we'll call him my, my man friend? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We're a, little, we're a little too old to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but, you know, man friend. I understand. Very good. So you, did, did you miss the part about momentum? Yes, I did. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. I was it's, it's, time it's with my 14-year-old. <laughs> it's, I understood. So yeah. I just want to mention it for a moment. Momentum is super powerful. So if you think about the situation as for 10 years your ex has been in the way of experiencing what you want with a relationship, that's a lot of momentum to turn around in five minutes on a call, right? Yep. So to to recognize that you may want to see um, your ex differently than he's been an obstacle for 10 years. You might want to actually remember that at one time you chose this man as the man of your dreams. At one time, you chose to have children with him, and my guess is more than once, right? Yeah, we have two kids. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you had probably some times where you really enjoyed him. Maybe it's been a long time since you thought about that at all, but at one point, this guy was pretty great. You might have even thought he walked on water at one point. Metaphorically. Right. So if you were to remember that there are some qualities that he has that you really valued at one time, and you started thinking about those and remembering those, not to fall back in love with him, but to just remember that there's value in that person, tremendous value. In fact, so much value that you chose him over so many men to partner with. If you made a list of qualities and characteristics about him that you value and appreciate, and you start relating to him as a man who has the capacity to be an honorable man and has character traits that you value and that you appreciate, if you start relating to him and speaking to him from that place, then you're creating a relationship with him that will work much, 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 much better for everybody involved. Well, yeah, it, it's when, and I agree partially with what you're saying, because when I do agree with every, he's, he's a narcissist and a recovering drug addict. So when I agree with everything he says, that's when things are great. But if I start standing my ground on anything when he's clearly wrong, that's when the problem arises. Mm, okay, so um, your language about when he's clearly wrong, okay? He's clearly wrong from your point of view and yeah. from everybody who agrees with your point of view about him being clearly wrong. And my guess is he's not one of those people who's agreeing that he's clearly wrong at those times. Correct. So rather than playing the game about who's right and who's wrong, because that doesn't usually mm-hmm. work really well, because people basically fight about one thing and that's who's right, True. If you think about a beach ball and the different colors on the different sides of it, if the ball was really big and was standing between you and your ex, you would only see one color, the color you're looking at. And you would be right that the ball is that color, but you wouldn't be right that it's only that color. And that's very useful to remember is that Mm -hmm. his point of view is completely valid to him. And so arguing about what color the ball is or who's right about the issue doesn't create teamwork, alignment, and things that work very well, right? True. So 
how can you interact with him and communicate with him in a way that will work better for both of you is a more interesting question than who's right. Okay. Yeah? Fair enough. Yeah. Keep track of what works well with him. Oh, yeah. Do more of that. And that's what I could give you in four minutes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I I would would welcome, you know, um, more communication with you on this, and you might want to come to to one of the events. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where your events are. I I live in uh, just outside New Orleans. So if you're going to be in this area, that's great. Got it. Well, Um, then if we were to do some... Or we could do some phone work if you're interested in that. Okay. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Awesome. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you for calling. <clears throat> okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. So what has come up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because almost all, so with um, both of the uh, other callers, uh, um, Lauren and Ryan are dealing with really kind of all of the issues that the other callers had too. It's kind of, I mean, we've been taking notes the entire time. All of it applies <laughs> to what they're dealing with too. It's fascinating. Yeah, man. I just, I mean, you know, I think again, the biggest, the the biggest and sort of most important overarching theme that, that all of the stuff that you've been talking about comes from is really validating uh, the other person that you're communicating with and, and, understanding that you have to sort of shift your perspective a little bit to recognize that uh, I really thought you made a great point. Like who's right doesn't really matter because uh, who's right is only a function of whose perspective it is that you're looking at it from. So who's right doesn't necessarily make a difference. and, And it certainly doesn't make as much of a difference as how do the two of us sort of communicate effectively regardless of what one person thinks is right and the other person thinks is right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all really awesome uh, and, and really great stuff uh, as far as interacting with, you know, another person, especially somebody that you don't generally get along with. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, so, but on that note, so, so Lauren mentioned earlier that there, I mean, after when this show is over, they're actually going to go to a therapy session with um uh with Kane's father and so and this is the and this will be the first therapy session that the three of them have had together so walking into that room what advice can you give Lauren and Ryan to have the most productive therapy session they possibly can have with said father of child okay well i invite them to really listen to what i'm about to share Okay. For the benefit of your child, as well as yourself. And, I mean, there's a lot of people involved, right? Yeah. And will be impacted by this. So I'm just going to refer to some things that I shared rather than a whole bunch of other things that I would given time, right? Okay. So how something starts has a really big impact on what happens later. So, if the ex has an experience that he feels good about, the chances of him willing to have another session go way up. Mm. Got it. 
So the first thing is building relationship rather than trying to accomplish something besides that. In any interaction, there's fundamentally two things that people are sorting for unconsciously. One is, are we accomplishing some goal? And the other is, are we building connection and relationship? Both are important, but in any given moment, a person has one of those which is more important to them than the other. Some people are saying, almost always, where's this going? What's the point? What are we accomplishing? Nothing wrong with that. We need to accomplish things to create things. If we don't accomplish and create things together, then we don't create things and we starve, right? So we need to create things. The other side is, how does it feel? And do I, do I enjoy this interaction? And um, do I feel connected to the other person, right? So the first thing is, if I was walking into there, I would be listening for what does the ex want? Does he want to accomplish something right now? Or does he want to build a relationship or connection? That would be the first thing I would listen for. And I would look to appreciate whatever I could appreciate. And I would not try to solve any challenge or agreement or boundary or condition in the first session. Okay. I would work for building the capacity to hear one another mm-hmm. rather than to do anything with it. That's I great mean, advice. It's, it's not useful to propose on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, no. He doesn't know Ryan yet. There's another man who's near with the woman that used to be the woman of his dreams having sex with her <laughs> and influencing his child. Mm. Like, have some compassion for the other point of view. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I, I, was, if I was leading the session, I would get everybody's core values, emotional values, first. Because then I would know what are the hot buttons for everybody in terms of what their priorities are emotionally and I would look at the map of those three sets of emotional values and I would say, okay, so this person has a really high value for certainty and this other person has a really high value for variety. Those are opposites. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's the kind of stuff I would be working with before the session even started. Do you ever coach people in this kind of situation? I do. Oh, yeah. I have your information, so if this yeah. doesn't go... And you might, you might want to come on Saturday because you will see things in Saturday in the room that will blow your mind. Oh, I, I wish and we it's could. it's free. It's free. I, I, I know. wish we could. We just can't this Saturday. We, okay, we have that's a, fine. That's fine. But let's, Another you know time. what, though? Let's go ahead and direct people to what's going yeah, on, on Saturday. Going on so Saturday. Talk, a little, talk a little bit on Saturday. Talk about yes. what's happening, where you're going to be, the time, the place, all of that stuff so that we can get other people that are listening uh, to come to your next event. To every Very event. Good. And we do want to come to an event. It's just we yeah. just can't this Stop. Saturday. I got it. I got it. <laughs> we want you to know. We want to come. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So this Saturday, Relational Communication Magic, and it's about how to be more successful in the moment with another person on a – Um, relationship or romantic or 
in any situation where you want to increase the intimacy, the level of connection and understanding. It's not about logic. It's not about personal emotions. It's about what's happening in the moment between you and another person, how to increase your ability to see and hear and feel and sense what's going on with yourself first, and then how to see and hear and sense and feel what's going on with another person second and distinct. And then how what they're saying and doing is impacting you and how what you're doing and saying is impacting them. And so that's our warm-up. And then later we have an um, experience where the entire room puts their full attention on one person for about 20 minutes who's a volunteer who chooses to have feedback on how the entire room is experiencing them in that moment by how they're moving, saying, breathing, doing. And it's a whole community experience, because there's a dozen people, related to one person's reality. But we're also seeing one of the things that's magical in that situation is you can look and see and hear and feel a person, and then the person sitting next to you is seeing and hearing different things about that exact same person that you missed. And you're like, oh, my gosh, how did I miss that? Well, because your filters were focused in a particular way and not in the way the person sitting next to you is seeing them. And it's a fantastic learning experience. It's an amazing experience. It's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. So that's, that's happening on Saturday. And then later this month, highly recommended for singles and couples as well, is do what you love, love life and lifestyle alignment. And that's one evening where you get clear on how you ultimately would like to live if you could live however you want to live. And then I show you how you can create that more easily than you could imagine possible. That sounds amazing. When is that? What's the date? The date for that event is... Oh, sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> nope, I've got it here. It is May 19th, 6.45 in the evening. The value of that evening, I put at $777, and it's only $97, and it will it's guaranteed to blow your mind. I mean, if you think that this call was valuable compared to understanding about relationship distinctions, that will blow your mind on lifestyle design, on your ability to create and manifest what you want so much easier than you could imagine. It's, 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 awesome. a, it's great. That's great. And so everybody can find all of this stuff at your website, right? We yes. can get schedules and workshops and the whole nine. Which uh, is josephfaust.com. Joseph, F-A-U-S-T, right? F like yep. Frank. Yep. Yeah. Faust. Okay. Yep. So josephfaust.com. And we yes. Link. The whole schedule's there. And we've linked to your website in the, in the show post or wherever you're listening from. You should be able to get to Joseph's website. And is there anything else you'd like to mention before we go? Just the spelling of my name. Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, Faust, F-A-U-S-T. So it's josephfaust.com. And I really enjoyed this. I, I, it would be fun to do a, like a marathon someday. But um, good for now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. thank you, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I actually have to like bounce out of here because we got to go get Kane from baseball practice and then head to our next appointment. So <laughs> I just want to say before Suzanne signs off, thank you so much. All of this was really awesome, and uh, you know, look forward to speaking with you some more. So thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> really enjoyed it. 
Yes, thank you so much. That was really fantastic. Um, yes, so thank you. And yes, I hope to do it again. Very good. Look forward to it. Okay, have a fantastic day. Blessings. Blessings bye-bye. to you too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thanks to everyone who's listening and everyone who called in. This was an extraordinary show. We appreciate you listening. Um, next week, we have um, we have, we have the, the creator of an awesome dating app, and um, Tony Kramer from, what is the app? I'm not prepared right now. Sparkstarter. And uh, Sparkstarter, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we, we will uh, we'll tell you all about that next week. And please tune in again. Thanks so much for listening to us. And uh, this week, just dare to day communicate well. <laughs>